0: Welcome to Building a Brand with Clifton Alexander. This is the podcast that focuses on how to build a standout brand as well as scaling your business. Giving you tips on marketing and advertising with special one-on-one interviews with celebrities and industry professionals on how they built their brand. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the episode of Building a Celebrity Brand with Cliff and Alexander. Today, I have Kat Theo on the line. Um, She came to join us. She has over 153,000 subscribers on YouTube. She's an influencer, a travel blogger with over 5 5 million video views and gets about over 2,000 to 1,000 subscribers per day. Um, So, Kat Theo, are you there?
1: Yes. Hi. Thanks so much for having me today.
0: Nice to see you today. Um, So, I have a question uh, I was looking at your um, your YouTube channel and your Instagram. So <laughs> you're a travel blogger and you're a financial literacy as well? You both?
1: Yes. It's a little complicated because YouTube kind of happened on accident. I kind of just fell into it, which is awesome. Sometimes when you have a gift, you just can, you know, do something with it. But I travel more avidly last I would say five years or so. So my Instagram is more like documenting the beauty of traveling and my adventures through the world and things like that. But my YouTube channel is definitely more about teaching other people about things that maybe you weren't raised learning. So personally, I know no one ever taught me about money, how to manage money, definitely not in school, not from my parents. And it's just really my journey about what I have learned as an adult or as a young adult and sharing that with other people to hopefully improve their life and their financial life in general. So it's definitely two separate things.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, so how is it managing those two different brands? Like as a travel, like how do you kind of like work it out?
1: Well, it's a lot of time management. I know personally when I am traveling, that's one part of it. But when I'm traveling, I'll also be filming videos for my YouTube channel. So I'll be taking pictures for my travel brand. And then I'll be doing videos while I'm at the hotel or maybe outside on a deck doing the the financial literacy on my channel. So it's really just combining the two. When you're working online, you're never limited to just one place. You can travel and work anywhere around the world. So that's exactly what I do with my traveling and my YouTube. I just merged the two essentially.
0: Okay. So what made you decide to be a travel blogger? Like what, what, like what's happened to say, you know, I'm just going to start traveling the world.
1: Well, it's (laughs) kind of a funny story. (laughs) I was 19 and Mm -hmm. my high school boyfriend at the time proposed to me and
0: Congratulations.
1: Well <laughs> all a while ago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I was like, wow, before I settle down for the rest of my life, I wanna go see things and I have goals. So my plan was just to go to Spain for three months and learn some Spanish and just kind of drink some sangria and eat some tapas and then come back and marry this guy and have the family and all of that. And I was there for five years and didn't come back. So Mm. it just kind of happened that way. And I just followed my heart and followed the journey and I didn't try to fight it. You know, so when opportunities presented itself, I took it and I just kept going with life. You know, I, I think the easy way out could have been just to come back and get married to this guy and have the family right away and at 19. You know, that's pretty young. Um, right. But I decided I decided to take the hard route and <laughs> just figure it out as I go. And so, I did. So, yeah. So
0: how does one go to Spain at 19 and just like wh- you, you weren't scared? You, you you weren't like terrified that you weren't going to be able to survive in a place you've never been?
1: I think when you're that young, one very powerful thing we have is we think we are a lot, like we think we know everything, right? And we, okay. we're we a lot more ooh, fearless than I think okay. when you mature a little bit more, you kind of think things through a little bit more. So I wasn't scared, I think because I didn't expect to be there that long. I mean, looking back, if I was future me telling myself then that you're going to be there for five years. That'd be like, no way, no way. But I went as an au pair. So that's for anyone that doesn't know, that's pretty much an in-house nanny. So that's how oh, I got okay. started. I just was working with the family. And then while being there, I ran into expats Americans living there working and you start meeting people and you ask them what they're doing. And then you just, it just keeps connecting people to more people. Then things worked out. So I got a job as an English teacher working at a public high school. I worked in the same high school for two years. So that happened. And then I went over to Taiwan doing the same thing, working in a, that was actually a private kindergarten. And then came back for love, back to Spain. And then I was there freelancing. That's when I really started my brand and really started working on my own and kind of breaking out of the nine to five and really just kind of doing my own thing.
0: Okay, so what was that pivotal point that made you decide to become an influencer, become a travel blogger and kind of document your life?
1: Honestly, I never felt like I decided to do it. I just kind of started taking pictures and, you know, people start following you and people have the same interests as you and people, you know, are inspired by you, which is always crazy because you just take like a picture by, you know, a very basic place and people are like, wow, this is so beautiful. It's like inspirational. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've always wanted to work and travel at the same time. And I was already kind of doing that, but I wanted to really just be on my own. So I think the situation in Spain kind of being tired of teaching, which I love teaching. I love kids, but I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm ready for something else. I didn't study to become a teacher, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, just kind of being tired of that and wanting something new, I just kind of started my 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 youtube channel and honestly it was a joke my first video i'll tell you how that happened so my first video that went viral was i was kind of complaining to my friends about how they think traveling is so expensive so i made like this joke like <laughs> okay for my broke friends who can't afford to travel even though it's not that expensive here are some side hustles you can do so you can pay for your travels okay and that video went viral for me so, and that's really how oh. it kind of started. And I was like, wow, people are really interested on in how to make a side income. And there's so many options and I've done so many, you know? So I just started sharing my experiences and it really just mm. caught like wildfire, honestly.
0: So as a so as a travel, as you've been traveling throughout your life, you kind of did a lot of side hustles and that's how you learned a lot of these things that you were teaching your audience.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, you meet so many people and you kind of ask them what they're doing and everybody has their own hustle and they're also different. That's where you kind of, kind of find what you like and what you're good at. But the sky is the limit, especially in 2020. I mean, we have access to everything. There's so much information out there. Hmm. there so,
0: yeah. so your friends, because a lot of people do think that traveling is expensive. Like <laughs> I would assume it's $500 for this and, you know, a hundred dollars a night for a hotel. Like what are your tips and tricks? Like, what do you, how do you, you know, how are you able to travel the world, you know, um, and, and save at the same time?
1: Well, my secret sauce at the time was when I wanted to travel a specific area, instead of coming from the United States and paying like a thousand dollars every time you try to cross the ocean you move to that area, you're working there, and then now you're only paying $40 a ticket. So when I lived in oh, Spain, Spain to Morocco, that was a $40 ticket round trip from Spain to Portugal. You're lying. Not lying. <laughs> that is a $20 <laughs> bus ride to Lisbon, yes. Portugal. You know,
0: COVID-19 prices. <laughs> I know. And this
1: was way before any of that, you know? So, I mean, to go to Paris, you can you can drive up from Spain. There's, so, when you're in that area, it is extremely cheap, especially in Europe. And then when I wanted to travel Asia, the same thing. I moved to Taiwan. I moved to China. And I started traveling those areas. So, I wasn't hard for cash because I was working. And I would travel mm-hmm. on holidays. And when I had some free time or after my contract was up, I would take two to three months to travel because I've saved up all those months in general. Wow. And then also when you're living abroad, everything is very inexpensive. You know, I did a, a video on YouTube how I spent my fifteen hundred dollar stipend. That's or sorry, a thousand dollar stipend, that's how much I was getting paid in Spain. I mean in America you can't live off a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> but in Spain, you know, I lived a great life. So um wow. it's it's definitely different. To save three hundred dollars there is like a whole week of vacation where to save $300 here in America, that's barely a flight. <laughs> so it's definitely just perspective and understanding that money is a lot more cheap in other places.
0: So you are saying, when you, you said the word like move from one place to the next, you know, I moved here, I moved there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you miss America? Do you miss your friends and family in, in the States? Like how do, how does that mentally affect you when you're, always moving from place to place yeah
1: yeah i mean it's inevitable that you're going to miss your family and you're going to miss the privileges of just being in your home country because you don't realize Mm -hmm. how much privilege you have just being an american in your own country that you will lose when you are a foreigner and a lot of the immigration issues that we have here a lot of people feel that about us there you know so there are no way sorry
0: So they feel the same way about us coming to their country.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think in general, a lot of people just feel like you should stay where you're where you're at. You know, Um, a lot of people feel like you go there and you're taking jobs from their native people. And, you know, just like the same feelings people have here about foreigners living here. And that's one reason I think my mind just opened up that, you know, I wasn't any different from anybody else, you know. The, the people that come to America for a better life aren't any different from me going there for a better life to open my mind, to broaden my horizon, to be on this journey in life. So I think, mm. I think we all need to travel and, and just see what that's like to be on the other side of the, of the chopping board. So
0: yeah,
1: I think, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: So, when you are traveling from like place to place, do you obviously you have an American passport? Yes, I do. And that allows you to go into all these other countries as well. Yes. Now, is there like a law that if you're in a certain country for a certain amount of time, you um, have to like leave or something? Because you know, like in America, if you're, you're from a you, you can only stay but so long before you have to go back. Mm-hmm. Is it that same way where you go?
1: Right. Uh, yes. So if you're just going as a tourist, most countries, definitely, if you're going to go check out the regulations, but it's usually 90 days. So mm-hmm. what I pretty much did was I would get a job. So once you get a job, they provide you a work visa. And with that work visa, you can oh. stay the length of your contract. So mine got renewed every year. So it was like a one-year contract, and that's how I was able to stay and not worry. So when you're traveling around – so I was in – my home base was Spain, for example. But over that year, you're able to travel to France, to Portugal, to Morocco, to Tunisia, to Italy. You know, you're only there in those countries maybe for like a couple weeks or a week, you know. So you don't need to have every single time any kind of special visa as an American, especially, or even Canadian or really any native English speaking country. We have a lot of privileges. We don't need visas. You just use your tourist visa Mm -hmm. and you're able to go pretty much anywhere, which is amazing. A lot of people, a lot of countries, you don't have that privilege. So.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So like um, we can go to many countries with our passports, Mm -hmm. But a lot of countries can't come to America, you're saying, with that same privilege.
1: Well, a lot of countries can't go to even other countries without, like, for example, if you're from Morocco, almost every country, you need some kind of visa to why you're there. And it's it's expensive, and it's complicated, and it takes oh. a long time. Whereas Americans, we can pretty much go anywhere without any question mm. or anything. So it's okay. definitely nice.
0: So are you in America now or are you somewhere else in the world?
1: Yes, I am back in the United States. I came back okay. in, I want to say that was December of last year. So almost a year now. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's been crazy being back really it's been <laughs> crazy.
0: How many countries have you traveled to?
1: It's been over 20, but I stopped counting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay.
1: I should know this. I, yeah, I think it's around like 23 or 23 or 25 around there.
0: Okay, so as a travel blogger, do you do partnerships with travel companies? Do you get like special deals to talk about certain places? Do you get do you get to stay at certain places for free if you you know you post it on your social media platform? Like what kind of perks do you get as a travel blogger?
1: Honestly, so I went around a vlogging. On YouTube and blogging on my Instagram channel, all wrong. I think the whole time I was traveling, I probably only stayed at like three places for free. Um, oh wow! Just because, like, I am a super last-minute planner. I will just show up to the airport <laughs> and be like, "What's your next flight going north?" You know, in the next two no hours. way. Yeah, like just super. Like, just take me somewhere south, somewhere warm. Let's just go somewhere. So, for me, like, planning things with company is definitely one of my biggest, biggest, biggest vices. I just, it's so hard for me to, like, for example, a company will contact me to do something in October. And I'm like, man, it's like February. I don't know where I'm going to be in
0: October. <laughs> it like, makes sense. So,
1: yeah. But I mean, if you do it right, totally. Yeah. You can stay places for free you can get free travel you know but my experience was i just did it for myself you know i don't really do the sponsorships and all that unless it's it aligns with exactly where i'm already going or doing um but in general yeah i just kind of just do my own thing
0: so you're very spontaneous i see um what is the most spontaneous thing you've done like as far as like traveled like
1: Hmm. Well, oh, that's kind of quite a few, I guess, but.
0: <laughs> I mean, besides leaving at 19 to go to Spain, <laughs> I mean, um, anything like, oh, actually, you know what? A lot of people, one of their biggest fears of traveling is they're scared something's going to happen, you know, especially overseas. They they read all these stories online. They see, oh, this happened. This person was locked up abroad for two years, you know, just for tearing down a poster, What is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you on on one of these trips?
1: Honestly, I have been very blessed. I've never really been in a situation that was dangerous or scary. Um, You'd be surprised how when you are a foreigner traveling, how generous people are and how people just want to help you. And if you look lost, Mm -hmm. people truly are just trying to help you. And a lot of people are just very grateful that you are traveling their country especially countries that are less traveled like Croatia and Czech Czech Republic and places like that they're just very okay. happy to see you in their country um i think it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole and you know look at every horrible story of all this that happened to people it's not very common i mean if you have common sense and you're not out here flashing your iphone to everybody and you know you might <laughs> then you'll be fine <laughs> you'll be fine okay
0: yeah. So you you suggest getting a flip phone when you travel?
1: Not necessarily. You can keep your phone, but just be aware that not everyone's good, you know? And if you're out here flashing the things you have, you might not have them anymore. So, but I've never, I've never been robbed. I've been pickpocketed in Spain, but it wasn't, I I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. I mean, it's very common there, Um, but you're not aware. It's not like gunpoint and you're traumatized. I mean, you just... Notice a few hours later you're like my phone's gone and it was definitely right in my pocket
0: no yeah. way that quick. yeah that quick <laughs> so so what do you do to prevent that like is there a certain like um coats or clothing that you wear or certain ways that you kind of like uh, put your belongings when you're in Spain because it's, I guess you're saying it's pretty big there?
1: Yeah, so essentially you don't want to put anything in your pocket, anything that someone could slip a finger in and take easily. You want to make sure everything has mm-hmm. buckles or zippers. Some people even take it to the extent of putting a lock on the zipper. I think that can be a little extreme, but you know, <laughs> have zippers on your pocket, so if you have like a one of those I think they're called like coats or something but you they have a zipper in the pocket and you have your hand over that zipper and pocket so you know you're just being Uh, aware of your belongings and aware of where your things are so if somebody is really close to you well you know well my bag is in front of my body and there's nothing behind me so it doesn't matter if somebody's like up 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 against you because it's a big city everyone's on you all the time
0: okay so it's like New York oh yeah okay that makes sense so let's say um, there's a 19-year-old somewhere around the world right now that's listening to this podcast, and they they want to be a uh, travel blogger. Uh, what do you suggest? Like, what do you, What is the first thing that they should consider?
1: If they are trying to start small, I mean, I was crazy at 19. I'm not necessarily recommending anybody to just up and leave without a plan and just <laughs> kind of figure it out. I think people should try to organize and kind of figure out what they want to do, get a job first, get a plan going. But, I mean, you don't necessarily have to go all the way overseas to start a travel blog. I mean, you could just start in America, for example, go to some places. That's actually kind of what I started before all, I knew this was ever possible. I just traveled around the U.S. I went to D.C., I went to Austin, I went to Houston and just, you know, enjoyed myself, um, take pictures, see if you have a talent for it, for it see if you enjoy it. I mean it's not just snap a couple pictures. I mean, you're setting up a tripod, you're taking a billion pictures to find that one perfect picture. So maybe people don't realize it. they might not like it. So just see if you like it first. And if you like it, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, go for it.
0: Okay, so like, what is, what is the main thing that they should be considering when they're traveling like should they be taking pictures of like restaurants what they're eating where, where they're staying like what is the main focus that people follow travel bloggers for
1: I think they should try to be as authentic as possible so you know if you're out to breakfast and you ordered some food that is definitely not found in America in the United States you know document it you know if you felt excited about it or you were surprised by something document that if you found a mural that just took your breath away you know document it so I, I think it just depends on the person and how they experience everything you know every everything that you think is different and shocking and exciting is definitely gonna be interesting shocking and exciting for somebody else at least one person
0: mm. that's true that's very true so. Cause you know, as um, I, I travel, but I, I don't travel as much as you, obviously. Um, and I I always find it interesting when I see these travel bloggers and they're traveling all the world, around the world. I'm always like, where do they get the money to travel and just do all this all the time, all day long? Um, do you find it hard because you're traveling some, you know, many different places to make a stable income as a travel blogger?
1: I think if you are For example your home base is the united states and you're trying to go to thailand and back you're going to you know the philippines and back you're going to paris and back i think that is extremely expensive and unless you really have it like that i it's not sustainable people that i know that are actual travel vloggers which in my opinion means like they don't have a home they're literally just going from place to place they have an online business they're their blocking is making the money, their traveling makes the money. So they're getting paid to travel. The more places they go, the more money, the more money they make. They have passive okay. income that they're making while they sleep. It doesn't matter where they are. So it's yeah. more than just saving the money and going and come back. It's it's definitely a lifestyle in setting up the okay. the streams of income that you need. So even if you're not at your home base, it doesn't matter because they're automated and making you money.
0: Okay, so you got on YouTube um, a couple years ago, or 2013. Um, Did you do that in hopes of making money as a YouTuber, or you just did it for the fun of it? Yeah,
1: I've always been, no. I mean, I never got on YouTube for the money. I I mean, 2013 might have been when I officially got on, but I wasn't doing anything on YouTube until probably like 2000, probably like, let's see graduated in 2014 college so probably like around 2015 around there um yeah probably about that and i just i documented my experiences you know that's all i wanted was just Mm -hmm. to show like look back and be like wow look how much i've grown or not or whatever um so i i never thought of it as to make money a money way to make money you know i I always thought like it'd be cool but i mean my first couple years it took me like no lie, it took me like a year to make a hundred dollars. So you can't. Oh, wow!
0: Because <laughs> I saw just recently, like two months ago, you reached a hundred thousand subscribers, and then now with like you, you, you have an extra fifty thousand. What did you do to get that fifty thousand so quick?
1: Man, I don't even know. YouTube is just an animal. <laughs> it is an animal. I know things that help is being consistent, which I struggle with. and just having information that is going to benefit people. You know, you care about your audience. You care about the people that support you and having content that actually is going to help them thrive. I think really, I mean, everyone, everyone has their own YouTube channel and their own theories, but I, I know a lot of YouTube channels are just like, you know, people just do whatever they want. But um, personally, I found that when you actually have legitimate quality content that's going to help people thrive, people are more willing to share and and like and comment and stuff like that. So I just, you know, when I find something that I think will help them, I share it and people that like it great. And you know, I just keep trying to find things for them.
0: Okay, so as a um, an influencer and a, uh, a YouTuber, travel blogger, things like that, um, and you know, a lot of people don't understand becoming a, you know, building a brand, becoming a celebrity in your industry. You have a lot of uh, bad happen. Can you give us any example of um, things that people should look out for or consider before diving into this?
1: Not really. I think we can always overthink everything. You don't, especially being like a YouTuber, you don't need to have, you don't need to invest any money upfront. You don't need to have mm-hmm. any equipment, special equipment, you know, just be yourself. I know that sounds so cliche, but honestly, the first year, no one's looking at your videos anyway, so it really does not matter. Just like get out there. <laughs> and the first yeah. step is just to get started. I think that's the hardest part when, I mean, if there's any aspiring YouTubers on here, you probably already know, like. you're you're trying to find the best equipment. There's always some excuse why you haven't started, right? It's like, oh, I don't have a mic. I don't have a camera. I don't have this or that. Like, you know, just start. Just pick up your camera or your your phone. That's all you need. And just Mm -hmm. put something out there. That's the hardest tip.
0: So when you record, are you using your phone?
1: No. I I now have a a camera, a professional camera and a mic. And I have a setup Mm -hmm. now. But I didn't have that setup until I had, like, 50,000 subscribers. So... Oh, okay, It's a long while.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. So, when you travel, um, sometimes will you use your phone to record your footage?
1: If it's a video that I'm just trying to get out real quick, yes. But since okay. I do pay editors to edit my videos now, um, they need like good quality audio and okay. footage, yeah. So, I will usually just film on a camera and I have a tripod and everything, so I just bring it with me.
0: Okay, so that's pretty so. Um, would you say your life is kind of hectic with all, you know, the traveling that you're doing?
1: Yes. I mean, it's so crazy right now. I'm not traveling. I mean, with everything <laughs> going on. So I, you know, you, you learn to dabble in other things. So I'm getting into real estate finally, um, which is oh, really cool. exciting for me. So, I mean, when you're used to being so busy and you're not busy, you just find other things to keep you busy. So,
0: hmm that's true. <laughs>
1: so your life definitely stays hectic. But, I mean, anybody who's an entrepreneur knows that life is very hectic.
0: Okay, so you're getting into real estate. Um, I, I assume you're buying places in the United States or you're buying places outside the United States?
1: I'm starting right at home, just in my okay. my local area because I'm, I know the market. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of your biggest assets is just knowing what's going on. I would love to invest overseas. I, I have some developers over in Mexico that I'm looking at some land over there, but uh, I think, I think it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm not in a rush for that. Okay. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty cool. So when it comes to, um, I guess, last minute tips that you would love to give, you know, your people listening to the podcast or, you know, your followers and and fans, um, what would you give as far as like some, some good advice that you would say building a brand?
1: I would definitely say stick to one thing and go with it or stick to just a couple of your interests. I know it can be really hard to pick one thing you like when most people like a multitude of different things, but just pick a couple of things that you really, really like and just, hone in on those two things and just really try to grow. But it's it's a slow process. People don't really show their journey. They show when they're at the mountain already at the top. They don't show them falling over and getting cuts and bruises and almost giving up five different times and crying and all these different things. They only show the top. So just don't be overwhelmed when things aren't moving as quickly as you want. Because when you really are doing something you enjoy, the journey is really, really enjoyable. And it doesn't matter that you don't have 100,000 subscribers. I mean, if you enjoy what you're doing, those that's going to come later. Just like my example, I accidentally kind of became a YouTuber. Most days I don't consider myself a YouTuber. It just happened because I enjoy helping people. So just do what you enjoy and the success, the success will come. It'll follow.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Um, how can people follow you and find you? Uh, can you give them your social links and ways that they can connect with you?
1: Yeah. So I'm Kat Theo on YouTube. It's Cat with a K and Theo like Theodore. And then you can also find me on Instagram as well, Kat Theo. And if you're on Facebook, you can also find me on Facebook, also Cat Theo.
0: All right. Thank you so much for um, you know joining my podcast. Um, and for everybody out there, please check her out. She's amazing. I've watched her YouTube channel. I follow her out as well on Instagram. And she has amazing content. Um, thank you again for joining us. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.